Hello, hello, and welcome to the third of today's episodes of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, which is primarily about music and creative culture in London. Once again, my next live show is on Tuesday, the 20th of August, at Road Trip and the Workshop on Old Street. Free entry, doors open at 7.30, and there will be music from Izzy, Kin Soul, Rose White and Jack, and myself. That is Tuesday 20th of August at Road Trip and the Workshop on Old Street. If you go to facebook.com forward slash saddest night out, you will find more details. And if you could click the tick that says, yes, I'll be going, I'll be super grateful. Today's, well, I'd say today's guest, but the last of today's guests is Jamel. He is a, at the moment, he is a stand-up comedian from LA who is in the UK on holiday with his wife and he's going to a few other places in Europe afterwards. He's only in London until Friday and sometimes you never know when you're going to cross paths with someone again so you've got to seize the chance when you get it. This is someone who takes what they do on stage, what they do in front of an audience very seriously and you you too will learn that fact over the course of this conversation so this is me talking to Jamel about his history with the stage and with the audience I hope you enjoy this chat and I'll catch up with you more afterwards we're still in the backstage area of the Littleton Arms the night is over I'm here with another performer who also made their debut with us and I think was this your first time performing in the uk in general in general first time performing in the uk wow. yes so would you kindly introduce yourself to the listeners well my name is jamel hooper that's jamel with a g i m e l hooper that's easy if you're listening <laughs> to this podcast i imagine you know how to spell but I, I broke my cherry here in the uk at the littleton and since i broke my cherry here the wall's all red Sorry, is that a little little vivid? It's okay, every episode is marked as explicit Fantastic So you performed a comedy set with us tonight How long are you in the UK for? I am only here until Friday, this Friday Where did you come here from then? I came from the United States, uh, Los Angeles And again, this is my first time in London, in the UK altogether Uh, But not my first time in Europe Not important um, so yeah I Why, why the UK? It's quite a uh, journey you've made I, I'm here on holiday With my family That's, As you guys say holiday <laughs> We say vacation Yeah <laughs> But you know When in Rome Thanks uh, Blending in with us Yes actually, yes, yeah. yes we're going. And, and earlier today I actually caught myself Speaking like uh, At least close to you guys And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, trying to uh, uh, capture the lingo on the tongue to be able to, so that people can't spot that I'm American so easily. Yeah, you know, um, got a bit of a British accent. I, 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 I feel like it's coming along. It's, it's. <laughs> I feel like at least it's faint. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay. At, at some point, at least people won't be able to spot United States immediately. I mean, I'm pretty good at kind of sound like I'm from the U.S. <laughs> in like some weird stereotypical way. That's as much as my U.S. accent. And, and it's funny that it's funny that you went Texas or, yeah, or you went Southern. A lot of people go Southern because it's easier to like it's easier to uh, appropriate that twang. Yeah. Uh, to do Southern twang as it is than it is to do like New York or and what have you. So I notice a lot of, uh, particularly a lot of actors that come from here mm-hmm. uh, and they go and they go to the states. A lot of them know how to do uh, Southern accents very well. 
Yeah, that feels like the most broad and accessible accent. Mm-hmm. It feels like it takes more effort to learn the intricacies of the different types of accent there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I notice a lot of people in the States, when they try to do uh, British accents, they sound Aussie. <laughs> yeah. like, they, they do it really hard, and it's like, ah, that's... that's and because Aussie, you have to do it harder, but in um, uh, uh, the British accent, you have to be more relaxed and let it, let it just kind of flow. Uh, True. Where, so it's, it's different. <laughs> so, LA, is that home for you? Uh, yes. How long have you lived there? I've lived there for 20 years, a little over 20 years now. And how long have you been doing comedy? I've been doing comedy for six years. Oh, so uh, relatively I, recent. Yes, I've been doing stand-up comedy for six years. Uh, excuse me, but I've done improv uh, back in the day because I'm, I'm legitimately trained theatrically mm-hmm. um, all through schooling and what have you like I took uh, theatrical training uh, I, w- I was on stage because I wanted to like it was about acting for me and uh, but uh, I'm drawn to the arts altogether so my journey to stand up comedy was not like many others so I'm six years in stand up but as an entertainer I'm a lifelong entertainer so I went, I started as an actor, I got into hip hop, like I was rapping for years, um, I, you know, I danced, but my, my strong suits were absolutely uh, rapping, uh, spoken word poetry, I'm a DJ, I actually make a living as a DJ, and uh, now stand up comedy, so I'm, a, I'm sort of a renaissance artist. So it's safe to say you're at home on stage? Yes, very much, the, the world's a stage, Roy. <laughs> oh, well, I teed you up for that one. You just knocked it out of the park. That was fantastic. Was there a moment in your, I'm, I'm guess, if it's a lifelong thing, I'm guessing childhood, was there a moment when you were on stage and just felt, this is it, this is me, this is where I belong? Yeah, like, it, it's funny that you even asked that. Um, I was in the uh, fourth grade, and my brother and I did a local, the, the school talent show. And we basically just dressed up as clowns and went out on, on the stage and like while Michael Jackson music played uh-huh. and just did like mind stuff and like we horsed around with each other like beat each other up um, and then like did like random dances while we were up there and then and, and the crowd was rolling and, and I just remember that feeling going yeah I, I like this and and I just always wanted that feeling like that, that, that high hit me at four years old, so I've been strung out since. <laughs> it's a lifetime of being high, man. Four uh, years old. Yeah. Well, fourth grade. Oh, fourth, fourth grade, grade. so yeah. Grade. I'm sorry, I said four years old. Uh, fourth <laughs> grade. Uh, so that's roughly nine years old. So when did you start studying being on stage? Did you start it? Because you said you've done lots of different things on the stage. Mm-hmm. Did you start by studying it, or did you just perform and then later on decide to study the art? Oh, I started studying. Uh, I, I was performing first, just because... Again, uh, uh, hip hop itself. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm older than I appear. Uh, so when I was a kid, and, and hip hop started like really flourishing, I started dancing, and so it was, you know, I'm doing break dancing, and and, um, and so I was a b boy, and then I was I was attracted to to rapping and what have you. But I always knew I wanted to act, and so when I got uh, junior high school middle school, I think you guys call it middle school, I, um, I started taking acting classes uh, through the school. And, and so like every year after that, like from, from, from seventh grade on, I was in theater class. So I was studying theater, like learning how to 
you know, stand posture, don't, you know, uh, face the crowd, like how to find my position and so forth. And um, then, of course, as I, when I got older and I moved to Los Angeles, I, I just started kind of, I would take workshops, like acting workshops or, or commercial workshops and, and what have you. And, and that's when I also got into improvisation. And uh, so, yeah, that was my study. It was, so. Is that through all the different avenues of performing that you've done, is there any one that gives you more of a high than the others? I can't say yes to that. Like it's, um, right now, stand-up comedy definitely gives me the, the biggest high. Um, because even though I'm a stand-up comedian, I'm an entertainer. Like, because even... Uh, just the set that you saw today, like I, I feel like, like, like I talk with my body a lot. Um, so it, it's a very free form for me. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm allowed to be whomever I am. Like when I, was, when I was doing a lot of spoken word poetry, I would lock into the poem, ride the rhythm of the poem, and, and, and uh, not worry about so much. I don't have to worry about people laughing. I don't have to worry. All I have to know is, do they like it? And I can see, oh, they dig it. And whatever, so I, I would get a, I would get a high from everything that I do, right? Like it's because ultimately, as an entertainer, like like yes, I want to shine and and do well, but we're sharing a space with people who are watching us, with people who are in this space as well. So I want them to get joy out of it because their day could be could have been something, you know, like. Uh, uh, very, you know, visible. Yeah. And, and, and it's our kind of responsibility to be architects of smiles, you know, to, be, to, to usher in some joy. Um, uh, when, I was, when I was doing poetry, I, I called myself kind of a disciple of peace. And so, so, so I'm, I'm really just a conduit for, for, for happiness and, and, and um, uh, escapism. Uh, that's what we do. Like, we, like as entertainers, that's, that's, that's our job. We may not acquiesce or answer to that job description but that's who, that's who we are we are people who allow others to escape their everyday lives for a piece of uh, entertainment a piece of happiness and hopefully they find themselves they see themselves in what we're doing they can relate in, a, in such a way that they go along the ride with us and so I can't answer that, that yeah, I get any more, more joy right now. No one more than yeah. the other. It's very evenly spread. That's a very philosophical description of the relationship between performer and audience. You mentioned earlier that you're seeing some other places in Europe while you're on your holiday or vacation. Mm -hmm. And are you performing in all of those different places or trying to? And if so, audiences in the US, audiences on this side of the ocean, any major differences, pros, cons? What's that, what's that like for you? I am trying to hit a spot every chance that I get because, you know, doing, as an entertainer, especially when we're trying to be on stage and we're trying to get better at our craft, we, it's important to hit as many stages as we can, see as many audiences, see as many eyes, see as many faces that we can look because how do we know that it really works unless we try it in different places? as we try it for different audiences. Um, so I'm trying to, uh, I'm, like I'm going to, to, to Paris <clears throat> uh, uh, on Friday, and uh, while I'm in Paris, I plan on finding a mic. Like, 
if I can do if I can do stand up, great. If I can do uh, uh, poetry, great. <laughs> like it's, uh, I I want to, because I've never performed in you know, overseas. So I, 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 I this I, is you breaking new ground here and being yes, wow, yes. Like oh, I take that back. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay, I have performed overseas. I was in uh, New Zealand, and whoa. Uh, I, I DJ'd, well actually I DJ'd, I did spoken word poetry and I rapped. So that was a, that journey was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine so. Because uh, uh, it, it, it was a mini tour and uh, I went with my, my um, really good friend and brother, uh, Shihan. And uh, I was his DJ, but also because we do poetry together, we start this venue called the Poetry Lounge uh, together, he and two of our other friends. Uh, uh, Dante and poetry, and uh, just as a plug, if I may, of course, of course, we we operate and run um, the largest open mic poetry venue, and in the states and po- probably the world, uh, weekly open mic poetry venue in the world. Uh, it's called the Poetry Lounge, D A Poetry Lounge, and uh, we just celebrated 21 years of doing it, and uh, so we've done lots of things together, like in, uh, in the states and. You know, people come from overseas to see us, and and uh, someone found us and and found Shihan particularly because he had rec- recently recorded an album, and he's like, "Yo, got this tour, man. You down to come to this tour with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it." And so I got got a chance to go to New Zealand and uh, do a couple of cities there, and so that was the last time you were abroad. So that was the last time I was abroad and performing. And uh, so this time is, you know, it's different because I wasn't doing stand-up comedy then. Yeah. And uh, so it's a different experience. It's a, it's a well, that brings us quite neatly to how I try to end these episodes. Where can people find you online and what are you working on at the moment? Um, they can find me at Jamel's, G-I-M-E-L-S, underscore media, M-E-D-I-A, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I currently am involved with this show in Los Angeles called uh, Friday Night Live. And you can follow Friday Night Live comedy on Instagram. And it's... <laughs> other people have the name before already, so we have the, uh, at least the Friday Night Live name. So we have to put underscores after every word. <laughs> so it's Friday underscore night underscore live underscore comedy. <laughs> On Instagram, and we do shows. Um, currently, we're uh, twice a month, and but you'll find all that information out if you decide to <laughs> if you decide to flick us up and uh, visit us on on an Instagram Friday Night Live Comedy. And I imagine, for now at least, stand up comedy is your main focus. Are, yes. and what, are you still working on poetry, improv, or all, has all of that taken a back seat? while you focus on stand-up? They have taken a back seat as far as being at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Now, in some of my acts, I incorporate them and, and weave them in somewhere. Because um, like, I have an entire set that at some point of the set, you, know, like, you might get some rapping in it. At some point of the set, you might get spoken word in it. Um, but that's when I have a long enough time on stage or what have you. Like, you know, because you know, always got to introduce yourself first. Yeah. And then, then, then you segue <laughs> yeah. into a, a segue, a segue. And then by the time I'm done, you go, oh, 
this guy here, he's like Batman of talent. <laughs> His utility belt is full of tricks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's I just love entertaining boy, man. Uh, You're a natural at it, man. Thank you, thank you. I mean, you did a great job with that too. Like I, I, I saw, and and I, I could hear the way you belted out. I'm going, this guy's not just a host, because I know some guys who they, they just host. Like they're yeah. not they're not particularly one talent, um, or they don't do anything that they push other than hosting. Like they just want to be really great at hosting, and which I think is a skill all in itself. Uh, but you yourself, sir. I noticed, like, you know, as we say in America, mm -hmm. game recognized game. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw it, fam. <laughs> you flatter me, sir. Jamel, thank you so much for your time. I hope you enjoy the rest of your time here in the UK and have safe travels the rest of the time you're abroad. And yeah, give my love to the family back home. And maybe I'll come to one of your open mic nights and then you can interview me. Yes. Please, please, please come. Like, if, when you're in the States, mm -hmm. make sure you look me up. Because I am starting a, a podcast. I'm rebooting, shall I say, mm -hmm. a podcast. It's about love, but I will be interviewing uh, artists and entertainers about love. Um, so when I'm on, you'll see it yeah. because I I, um, I will be doing like Instagram Live with it. So looking forward. To I'll it. be there. Thank you very much for your <laughs> time, Jamel. To You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. And that was that. Thank you very much, Jamel, for talking to me. Sorry for keeping you so long. I hope you made it back to wherever you're staying, okay? Thank you to your wonderful wife as well for being patient with us. That was a really insightful conversation. I hope you're noticing, if anyone's listened to these three episodes in one go, I hope you're noticing a pattern with the people that I've spoken to on today, well, yesterday, I should say, in that they all take their opportunities to be in front of an audience seriously they all recognize that there is a responsibility there's almost an unwritten contract between the performer and the audience you want to make your time on stage worthy of their attention this isn't a lark this isn't just oh sure shrug of the shoulders why not a bit of fun this is a chance to make a statement because you never know who is listening and you never know the impact that what you do could have on whoever hears it. And I really appreciate all of the people I've spoken to taking the time to tell me about what goes on, what the thought process, the history behind and the future ahead of what it is that they do. These are all thoughts that I try to take with me when it comes to doing this podcast. I am hoping to get to a rehearsal today with Sean and Jay. Jay performed at last night's open mic as well. That rehearsal is at 12 o'clock. It's currently 10.48, so I might be a bit late, but time will tell. I am hoping to talk to MC Purple today in Camden. I realise I left my phone charger at the Finsbury near Haringey Green Lanes, which is further north. And then I've got an open mic at the Nelsons in Hoxton, where I'm hoping to talk to... Oh, my God, my mind has gone completely blank. I'm hoping to talk to Moon Williams again and possibly to Kin Soul as well. I've got a lot going on, and that's just today. The podcast is still on a slightly indefinite postponement. 
I will sit down with my laptop and just hammer it out soon. But at least I've put the Facebook events up. Once again, facebook.com forward slash saddest night out to find out more about my next live engagement, Saddest Night Out Live, number three, at Road Trip on the Workshop, Tuesday 20th of August. There's a lot of work I need to do. There's a lot of work that's gone into making this many episodes. I don't know. It hasn't really hit me yet just how much I've done with this podcast. There are glimpses of it with the people that I talk to. My dad was a really big fan of the Moon Williams episode that I did. But uh, hearing how seriously the people I talk to take their craft, that's when the seriousness of what I do tends to dawn on me as well. I will at some point do an episode of just... It might be the next Monday episode that I do when I really take stock of how much I've done with this podcast. There are times when I really despair that there is no audience for this, that it is just my dad listening. And hi, Dad. (laughs) My dad has actually got to a point now where he won't listen to the most... He's not up to date with the episodes because I guess he's been burned before in the gaps that I've taken in putting up episodes. I, I have said before, and I'll say again, he's probably the most cohesive listener of this podcast in that he listened to maybe the first 80 or so and then listened again when there was a gap between episodes being posted. So now he keeps about five episodes back from the most recent one, just in case there's another gap so he has something to fill the void until I return. But I've been on a bit of a spree. Even though I've missed days, I've recorded numerous episodes in a day to make up for the gaps. I've actually somewhat earned the title of this being a daily podcast. There's been times when that has been a very tenuous title to use. But recently, it's pretty fair. And yeah, you can, I love how when I'm talking to some guests, particularly when I spoke to Jamel on this one, you hear him get quiet and get very serious and very pensive about what he's saying. That's the part of the conversation when I lean in and I do a bit of audio editing with each episode to try and make it so you can hear each part clearly. But I hope in some way whoever's listening is also leaning in because they feel as though, oh, this is when things are getting really juicy. Let me pay even closer attention to what is being said. (sighs) I don't know. There's a lot of thoughts going on and I've got a lot to do, so... I will leave it there. Thank you once again, Jamel. Thank you to Mary C. Parker. Thank you to Pete Buckley for all talking to me last night. I was hoping when I arrived, the plan was to maybe talk to Jack Marsh and to Tom Garble. But they had to leave before the end of the night, which is fair enough. There will always be, or hopefully, there will be a future opportunity to talk to them and many others as well. I... Walked in and saw Pete Buckley, so I spoke to him. I did not know at all that Mary C. Parker and Jamel would be such fascinating performers and such, and willing to talk to me in the podcast and then be such interesting guests on the podcast as well. Two, it's rare enough to get anyone from the US, let alone a comedian, let alone two in the same night. So thank you both for talking to me. And thank you all for listening. I hope to catch you again on the next episode. But until then, don't forget to find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash saddest night out and take care.